morning and welcome to the inaugural episode of the Hyperstrike Podcast. I'm Mike. And I'm Dustin. And today we're going to talk about everyone's favorite sneaker stuff. Yeah, just, you know, kind of going over our favorite different topics, just general sneaker discussion items. And I think that we want to start off the podcast this time just talking about what's the most influential sneaker silhouette of all time. Something that everyone can kind of has their own opinion about. Some obviously have more merit than others. I but mean, dude, I definitely have my own opinion on this. <laughs> Believe me. And, you know, opinions are like assholes. Everyone's, everyone's got uh, one. <laughs> and uh, I'm certainly an asshole, so I have an opinion on this too. Fair enough. So, yeah, why don't we just start off with some of our personal favorites or like more meaningful silhouettes too on a personal level. I mean, I know you know this, but my personal, like, perfect silhouette is the Air Max 90. Air Max 90. Okay. I know. Why? It's, why? Well... For one thing, it's my personal favorite sneaker, Infrareds. <clears throat> but uh, I, I think it's a really good blend of like form and function. You know, it's it's soft, but it's supportive. It looks good in leather. It looks good in cloth colorways. You know, it looks good in the deconstructed kind of vibe. It looks good basically in every which way. Basically, you can always pick out an Air Max 90 by the silhouette. And it's got some real nice color blocking because you can get you know, pops of color in there, or you can have a very subtle silhouette in the same time. I think it's very versatile and leads itself, oh, sorry, lends itself very well to, you know, anybody's preference. Yeah. Of course, mine is infrared, which is orange, please. Max <laughs> orange, thank you very much. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a pretty fair point, right? I think there are certain silhouettes that are out there that only really work well in either one color blocking, one material, one style. And the moment you kind of deviate from those, then like they, they kind of get kind of, those really weird one-off territories, which is why, like, in the same vein, I like probably my favorite silhouette is going to be this, like, would be the Nike Dunk. Because the Dunk, whether it's the Dunk Low, the Dunk High, it's the same thing. It's super comfortable. You can play around with a lot of different materials. You've seen so many different collaborations going on with Dunks. Um, and and Which Dunk? Which Dunk? Yeah, Kyle, there's a difference between the Low Silhouette and the High Silhouette. Which one, which one are you saying is favorite? I would say Dunk Low, just because the Dunk High is so similar to just, you know, a standard Jordan 1. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like, if you're going to like a high, then you just might as well like the Jordan 1, which was... another mid-hater, aren't you? I mean, (laughs) the mids are okay. Like, I mean, weren't the Old Love, New Loves a mid-pack? Yeah, but those are Jordans. Yeah. Mids are like SB mids, right? Yeah, like like a Dunk mid. I don't know, it just... uh, Mids in general, I don't really like across the board, regardless of what silhouette it is, because it's like... Either a shoe was designed around being a high silhouette or a low silu- silhouette. And yeah, then mid is just like picking the, like half-assing it from both worlds. I kind of, I, I definitely agree <laughs> with that. Especially for Jordans, the mids are like, what if you just chopped off a half an inch for no reason? It's like, it's basically a high, but it looks dumb because it tapers down. Yeah, I feel like they just like ran out of material for a Jordan high and said, yeah. well, we don't really want to cut it anymore good to enough. make a low, so just good enough to release it. All right, so dunk lows then. Yeah. Dunk Low's your favorite silhouette. Well, I guess like Dunk Low's and then, but like SB's then, right? In that same vein. That's, I was actually giving him the next question. Like a regular Dunk Low or the SB? Do you like the puffy tongue? Puffy tongues are always awesome. <laughs> they just make it super comfortable. Like, I mean, you and I, you and I both have the same pair of the iShod Wear SB's, which don't have the puffy tongue. I should wear them. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I told you that I made the mistake of looking at those, determining that, oh, there's no puffy tongue. I can definitely fit a... Uh, well, my normal non-puffy tongue size, and then they came in, basically, they wear like an eight and a half, even though I got a nine and a half. Right. I mean, they're like deconstructed SPs almost. You know, I have a pair of deconstructed SPs right behind you, actually. Oh, the black pair. In yeah. nine and a half, 
And those fit fine. Because <laughs> I feel like those were, those were designed to be de- deconstructed. And the eyeshadow wears, they're just like, I don't know, they're just missing a lot of material. That kind of gives the cushioning for an SB pair, which is kind of weird because for SBs, if you're a skateboarder, you want as much cushioning and padding as possible. You just took away the point of an SB, but... Neither I mean, what what does SB stand for again? I forgot. No idea. No if you clue, ask, right? Yeah. If you ask a bunch of kids today, oh my God, I sound like an old person screaming <laughs> out. Like, the, most, honestly, like if you ask a lot of Those people, oh, I want kids. SBs, I want SBs. Like, do you know what SB stands for? They're, they say, oh, I'm not really sure. I just know that they're called Nike SBs. Sneaker boot. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, I mean, those are our personal preferences, but I mean, yours is more in line with like a really iconic silhouette. I know not everyone really loves Air Maxes in general, especially Air Max 90s. Yeah. But I think the question that we're going to try to hit today is what is the most iconic sneaker silhouette? Iconic or? Influential. Sorry, that's a better way. Okay. Got it. I mean, really, they kind of go hand in hand, but I'd like to throw out of the running Jordans completely. Yeah. Why? I think it's unfair. I mean, Jordans are like a cop out answer because everyone knows Jordans. They're the most popular thing. What have they influenced? Literally everything. It's not fair. So just saying, taking out, taking out saying like saying, like saying the Jordan one or Jordan three, which are arguably like two of the most iconic silhouettes. Especially, I mean, I, I I let you have the three if you're wanting to argue it. Right. I, I definitely think you should take out the one because a couple of things. The one has a lot of history. Everyone knows the one. Ones always go up in price, as you know, resale market knows. Yeah. Um, but I think that doesn't really hit the influential mark in the way that I think we want to talk about. I disagree because, well, I mean, we can we can leave out the Jordan One, but I mean, the Jordan One was the first was really the first athletic shoe that became fashion. Before Did that, it? But, well, I mean, before that, there was Shell toes. Those aren't athletic shoes. Hey, no, not really. Originally, those were for like those were for like b boys and for like people in the Bronx. Uh, Chuck's Origi- not athletic. Chuck's were right. So Chuck, so like uh, Converse All Stars were the original mm-hmm. pairs that, um, what's his name, Larry Bird and, um, wow, I'm blanking on the Magic Johnson were promoting before like sneakers were a real big thing, and then they went on to the Jordan One, which as we all know kind of blew up and became a fashion icon as opposed to just sportswear. There's a reason why Jordan Ones. Wildly, I mean, yes, because of Michael Jordan, but beyond that, there's a reason. Like, they look like a much better slow, but compared to the they really Converse All Stars, I mean, they're so good looking. I would say bef- between those two, you can make the argument, and this is one of the shoes that I wanted to. It, I wouldn't say it's necessarily the most influential, but it is definitely. I would put it within the top ten. The Puma Clydes from Clyde Frazier. Okay, okay. Because it was a very affordable shoe. It, it played around with a lot of materials outside of your standard leather. Like you had suede, you had like, you know, popping colors. It was known for like Clyde Frazier's larger than life, like larger than life fashion sense. Like, you know, with the fur coats and like, you know, the pimp suits and all that <laughs> type of stuff. So, and it was, you know, it was also really affordable. So, you know, a lot, like if you compare like most recent Jordan silhouettes where, you know, they cost what, 190, 220, depending oh on God. the silhouette. Yeah, seriously. Compared to like a shoe that only costs even at that time, let's say like $60, $70, it was way more pal- palatable to tell your parents, like, hey, I want a brand new pair of shoes. You can buy this for me as I opposed mean, 60, to. I mean, $60, $70 back then was a lot. Right? Yeah, well, compared I mean, to a Jordan, which was like ignore- $90, 100 Yeah, seriously. <laughs> uh, well, we can talk about another time how Jordans were not super popular at the time, and they kind of went on clearance, and if you went back in time, you could pick them up for a song. But anyway, my point here is that Jordans are still the cop-out answer. Like, if you just ask anyone, you're like, what's the most influential sneaker? They'll say Jordans. But, like, 
duh, everyone knows it, okay. right? What, what what's behind that? What 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 pushed sneakers, you to know, like forward? the forefront? Like what, what's 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 a big influential sneaker that isn't a Jordan? How about that as a question? That isn't a Jordan. So are well, we? Isn't a Jordan one? How about that? I'll, I'll take. Let's make it more specific. That isn't a Jordan one. Okay. You can give me the airship. You can give me a three. <laughs> I mean, I would say the Jordan 3, but I think it still kind of falls along the same line as the Jordan 1. I mean, the Jordan 3 being, it had a very iconic moment of the dunk contest when Jordan won it. With that same, you know, the black and red cement 3 in your face. The the the, the we gotta have it Jordan 3 is uh, with, you know. She's gotta have it. Sorry, yeah, she's gotta have it. And like, it was just, it became a shoe that was iconic with both commercials, with sports, and, you know, it, it became as a, a fashion icon. It was also the reason why Jordan stayed with, Jordan brand Nike, mm-hmm. as opposed to jumping ship and going to Adidas or, or someone else. I mean, we're glad he did. Yeah. Because time has shown us that all those classic Jordan designs are fucking amazing. Yeah. Like everything, one through, I mean, um, <laughs> let's, 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 let's be conservative and say one through at least <laughs> 11. The first episode. Let's not get rid of everyone yet. <laughs> um, but if you're talking about something that's a non Jordan, I would throw out there the Adidas Samba. I don't even know what an Adidas Samba looks like. What is an Adidas Samba It's the Samba shoes that Run like? DMC were known for wearing. I feel like I know this off the top of my head, but just kind of describe them. I mean, they're like Shelto shoes. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, those are probably, if you're talking outside of the realm of what is influential in terms of sneaker, like the, the Adidas Sambas are definitely one of those pairs that are up there. They also influenced a lot of shoes going down the line, you know, going down to Adidas Stan Smith and then moving on forward into like Adidas Special. Like it influenced a whole different line of products that came out for like years and years to come. Okay. So, so you are good with athletic shoes that aren't Jordans influencing both the market and people then. Yeah. Okay. And I, th- I think that's fair. I mean, athletics is a big part of why people wear sneakers, right? Yeah. I mean, I would say athletics, especially in the past, were more important, right? Because it was... Who got the most screen time? Everyone would tune in every Sunday or Monday or whatever day it was of the week to watch basketball or football or whatever it may be. Sports ball. Right. Gotcha. And like it was a, it was a you, you didn't have the internet, so you just had TV. That was the only form of entertainment you had outside of going outside and playing basketball. So <laughs> like so you would inevitably see like, oh, what's what's Michael Jordan wearing this time? Or, or who's wearing this? I would say outside of sports, the only other thing that people would see on TV or on the radio was, or hear about it on the radio was music, right? So mm-hmm. musicians had a very big influence on sneaker culture. So people like run DMC and yeah, you, that's solid. I like where, that. Where like you basically like, especially for like the album cover, right? Well, we're talking about vinyl records on that cover. You'd see them plastered, you know, with the, the big chains, the hat, you know, the, the, the Cartier glasses and like, you know, you'd see whatever, if it was Air Maxes, I think it was Easy e on his cover, he was wearing Air Max, Air Maxes, I think Air Max once, and it was like a white on, it was based like, on the year probably, right, yeah. I think they were the Obsidian Air Max ones, it might have been those or something those. else, right, and it was, it's a classic silhouette, and the way he posed and he, how it fit with his tracksuit, it was like an iconic look, I mean, you're joking, but yeah, it's like, you know, cross you know, arm crossing your arms, <laughs> mean mugging the camera, same thing with Run DMC and all these, you know, other iconic hip-hop figures because let's be honest a lot of sneaker culture came from hip-hop mm-hmm. and then if you want to even take that further fast forward to you know the 2000s you got kanye you got pharrell and lil wayne really promoting bape and supra oh supra like the super sky tops i mean i love sky tops yeah, i know I mean, not everyone agrees with me i mean pop, they, pop. they were a big thing for you know like a, i would say like a three four year stretch 
Wow, that's so... <laughs> I mean... You say three, four years, like, it's nothing. Yeah, but, I, I mean, comparing that to saying, oh, people were wearing Supras compared to Bape compared to a Jordan 1? Yeah, I, I understand like, that. They're definitely not on, in the same realm. Like, but, but, like, at the time that they kind of were because yeah, of, like... having their moment back seeing, then was a huge deal. Yeah, because you'd see, like, oh, Lil Wayne has a Supra collab, and people said, oh, I gotta go get those... I gotta go get the Supras. Mm. And also, the, once again, they're not as expensive as a Jordan 1, or they, you know, but they still are just as comfortable. They still are just as fashionable. I do feel like they don't quite last as long. No, in absolutely my personal not. Experience. They kind of fall apart. apart, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, you get what you pay for. But also, I feel like a lot of people our age, we're in our 30s, uh, really like high-top silhouettes for that kind of reason. You know, we grew up with a lot of, like, high-top stuff. Yeah, you know, for sure. And, you know, that's why Jordan 1 highs, better than mids, better than lows in a lot of cases. That's why super sky tops, they're super. Nobody wants these tiny little shoes. Um, But... I'm going to pivot you a little bit. You've, you've said athletic shoes for sports and athletic shoes in music. How about uh, like influential sneakers that aren't tied to an industry? Like what? So I'm pitching Air Force One. Yes. Well, you say, <laughs> it's, you say it's not tied to an industry, but who put out a song literally called Air Force, like, Air Force Ones. I don't know. Nelly. I don't know what you're talking about. And also Air Who's Force Nelly? Ones. <laughs> and also <laughs> Air Force Ones were basically the uniform for two very distinct areas. Mm-hmm. One, New Orleans, with where you had also Reeboks Nolans. and Jabods. Yeah, shut and, up. <laughs> and you also had Air Force. Reeboks Air Forces were a big thing down in New Orleans with you know Lil, with Lil Wayne and, and uh, Birdman. Or everyone in New York City knows White on Whites, Uptowns, Fucking Air Forces. I would definitely say... Even if you included a Jordan 1 as part of the conversation, mm-hmm. Air Force 1s are probably one of the most influential shoes because they've been around since, what, like 19... I honestly My don't God, know, I actually don't like, know. Like, like the early head. 80s, and they've never left. They've basically they have just never existed in pop culture for, you know... Better, basically 40 some odd years. Plus, yeah. yeah. Which is insane because every other silhouette that we've talked about has... They've had their moments. Yeah, they come, right? they go, they popped, you know... You know the, oh, so-and-so did a collab or they now resurfaced because of someone, so-and-so wore something or now it's the in-style fashion. Right, but Air White Force on Whites one, have yeah, oh never God. left. Uptowns are fucking classic forever. Forever for everyone, period, the end. I think it's... um. That's my pitch for most influential yeah, sneaker, same, by the by. 100%. I think it was... um. What's his name? DJ Clark Kent. I think he was asked kind of a similar question before. Or he, someone has said like, oh, do you think you know Air Forces are making a comeback now with certain collabs? Comeback? And he said... Something has to have left in order to make a comeback. That's exactly what I was going to say. But yes, that's an excellent point. Which is like, a great point. He's like, white on whites have never left. That's the type of shit that Air Force One, even if you are broke as hell, you can go out there, you can buy a pair of white on whites for 90 bucks, a pair of blue jeans, and a white tee, and you got your outfit for the summer. Yeah. It and is it, like, the, it is it, like the, the typical just dope boys outfit. And you don't need, it's so easy to obtain. It's not gated by price. It's not gated by exclusivity. It's, you walk into any shoe store, literally and it's any there. shoe store, you can get. I mean, I, get if I walk into, whites, a, you can get white on whites. Doesn't really matter. Whatever your no, black on blacks are for a different activity. All right, yeah, that's yeah, the yeah, That's yeah, from yeah. when you were. <laughs> anyway, yes, you can get them anywhere. I actually think it's really impressive that Nike's managed to keep that one particular silhouette at essentially the same price point for decades. Like yeah. they've definitely gone up. Like, they've gone some, up at like five, ten bucks, maybe over the course of forty at some years. Point, I feel like they were like. 60-ish dollars like when we were like probably yeah but like accounting for inflation and how much time has passed look how much you know 
<laughs> Jordan ones. Yeah, Jordan's went from like ninety dollars to you know what is it now one forty for a pair. Oh my God, think of all the other Jordans. You remember yeah. like when the uh, man, what what retro fairly recently raging bulls? Let's just do raging that. Raging bulls. One yeah. pair is we got what, the one two pack was two fifty. Not something? even. It was like one ninety for the two oh pack. Oh my God, yeah. Which the, one pair? One pair of the shoes. Right. So you got the three M pair and the Toro Red pair. You basically saw a hundred percent increase in and price. And now they're like, <laughs> wait, what if we just sell you one of these for the exact same price, aka more? Yeah. What are you gonna do? Not buy them uh, right <laughs> unfortunately that's basically what happened people were like no thank you give me the 3m pair please but back to air forces air forces i i love that they're still affordable i love the impact they have on culture in general like yeah. it's not specifically tied to like if you're like a sports fan like you you don't have to like pay attention to sports to like air force you don't have to pay attention to you know music to like air force you just have to like be a person and uh I mean, of course, we're in New York, so we're a little bit jaded, and we're definitely biased here. But yeah, but it's also it's like yes, I think New York City made it iconic. Hell yeah! Along like with like other like other areas like New Orleans or Atlanta, but it's it's one of like one of those shoes that you'll see everywhere across the country, and it's just such a like I said, it's such a commonly affordable shoe. But at the same time, it's one of those silhouettes that do have those crazy rare collaborations those really unique one-offs like it covers the entire spectrum of shoes like it really does. well like cheap beaters right like nice looking going out shoes uh crazy collaborations holy grails like yeah. it's literally the full gamut i also think it's one of those things where i mean for a just a, a pair of white on whites i don't think you can do it with any other pair of shoes but where you can walk into a store and say i want to pick up three pairs of this because this is going to be like you know my pair that I'm going to cycle rock, through. One the stock one. <laughs> well, it's going to be like, this is my shoe to wear for the rest of this like physical season. Yeah. So you need multiple pairs. I mean, you know, multiple pairs for all sorts of things, but. Yeah, but like realistically, are you going to be able to get, say, three pairs of like a fragment one? No, you can't Absolutely. get three pairs You can't even get one pair. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I think like it, the, the fact that it's so widely available to everyone, regardless of income, regardless of location, regardless of, you know, connections with the store. And the fact that it's still such a, it's still a clean looking silhouette. It's one of the best designed shoes. It's comfortable. It hits all the right check boxes. I agree. And in addition to just being great by itself, without Air Forces, you wouldn't have Bapesters. Right. Like it's, it's so influential that other, other hype, you know, sneakers literally take the same design and just like make it their own. Like everyone wants, you know, everyone loves that design. Also, they're so customizable. People love customizing white on white Air Force Ones. Right. You draw on them, you paint them, you take them apart, you you know, do whatever you need. They're they're a blank canvas for everyone. And like even if you leave them alone and you wear them as a white on white sneaker, it's still a blank canvas for you to express yourself because it's it's so just it's perfect with everything. You know what's I think a really interesting indicator of like how iconic it is, is that when Supreme wanted to do a collab and have oh, yeah. their own Air Force, they basically said we can't we can't touch this it's just gonna you have to we have to throw on our box logo somewhere fine i get it uh -huh. which is on the back heel just like every other collab right if you have if it's undefeated or whoever they put their collab logo on the back but otherwise they said no they're white and whites and they're black on blacks that's it like there's really nothing they could have done that would have gone over well because no. if they had messed with it everyone would have lost their shit like, especially for being a new york based company yes yeah, seriously like, come on man like white on white you, know you know you seriously. know what this is about don't fuck this up <laughs> And they didn't. I mean, to their credit, they didn't. And, you know, they hit the same price point. I know they're 
actually not that bad on secondary anyway. Mm-hmm. But like I, I appreciate that they sell them for. I think they went up this season. They're a hundred bucks now. I think so. On Sop, yeah. yeah, but still super affordable. I mean, consider that for a moment. Consider the price of. All the Supreme collabs. I was gonna say, like, considering that it's from Supreme and it has a Supreme yeah, it has tax a on it, box logo on it, it has the Supreme price tax on it. It's still more affordable than most other shoes. It's, yes, it's more <laughs> affordable than any other shoe that you didn't get on Snickers. Right, oh, Snickers. It's, yeah, whatever. <laughs> but I think that's insane, and that's a great testament, like, to how much like staying power the shoe has and how much want there is. Because, like, in addition to releasing it supreme knew that this is a sneaker that would continue to sell the fuck out which is why they keep releasing it like it's on a rolling release schedule from this two seasons in a row now and next season they're coming out with that that brown it was it the flax the wheat? color yeah, yeah, the wheat, wheat. Flax yeah. Way. yeah like they know they're like they're, they're like this is a money maker this is something that we can just keep releasing and people will keep buying because you'll never fucking run out of people who want a white air force it's literally impossible i'm saying it right there it's impossible <laughs> I mean, yeah, like white on whites, they're they're the they're, they're for most people they're a uniform. They Absolutely. are like this is my my everyday beater. This is I have to go out somewhere nice. This is I you know this is the shoe that I can afford continuously, and I know it's reliable. So you know that and, and like Tim's, but that's yeah. And, well, you know what's interesting about Tim's is that t- Tim's I think don't have the same staying power outside of New York. No, like, absolutely not. Like within New York, yeah, you got Tim's, you got. Uptowns, and you're like, yeah, you know, you, you call them the same kind of thing where they're like, it's an iconic New York sneaker, sure. But you leave New York, people like white on white Air Forces. You leave New York, people are like, why would I buy a pair of Tim's? I could buy way better work boots. And like, no, you missed the point. You, to- <laughs> you totally missed the bus here. That's not, right. that's not what you're trying it's to do. That's an icon thing. Well, I think that's also part of why Air Force One stayed around for so long is because it definitely was co-signed by enough artists and enough people outside of just the general public that people would see it and say oh that's really cool like right now if you if i looked at say you know travis scott and i see the stuff that he's wearing it's generally just friends or family stuff you can't obtain it yeah i know like what? but if i see a celebrity and he's got white and whites on and i can just go to Foot Locker and i, I see it on the shelf yeah absolutely you know kids like, Yo, gonna give me that right kids gonna see that and say hey, mom can i get that I, I can i can look just like the cool celebrities like it's cool like you know i look Cool. Yeah, well, honestly, I mean, but like that's, <laughs> no, I, I that's why you. a lot of people buy into it. It's like I want to look cool, I want to look unique, even though it's white and white, the list most ununique. I don't know, the most like ubiquitous shoe possible. I don't know. I I I disagree with that. Like it can be ubiquitous and everyone can have them, but you're still unique with a pair of you know uptowns. Yeah, like it's it's a very individual thing. Like the creases are your own. You know, the scuffs are your own. You know, you feel you feel those when you got a crispy ass pair, of, you know, uptown. That's why you, you buy them three on, pairs and then you, you throw out that first pair when it gets a but crease. You know you know that feel, that feel when you're walking down the street and then like you you're going down the stairs in the subway and you accidentally kick the fucking guardrail and you're like Scuff fuck, them. fuck 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 yeah, or like when you're walking and you like you have to step over something, you can feel the crease. You can feel it. It's like your toes fucking snap off, and you know, right? It it's a very personal thing. I don't. I mean, like I like we both have expensive sneakers. I'm like, oh, whatever. They're creased. I wore them. What did I expect? But like, you know, there there are some sneakers where like you feel them when they crease. Yeah, and you just know it's like, oh no, I, I definitely scuff these, and you but you'll pause and make sure they're okay, or yes. you're like. Great, now I gotta go find another pair. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, at least it's easy. But in that vein, Tim's are the same. You know, it also sucks to put on a nice pair of Tim's, walk out and scuff them, and you're like, you scuff my Tim's. You know what really scuffs my Tim's? This shit. (laughs) 
Oh, but I, I so I'm sticking with Air Force Ones. But what what else can we hit as far as like influential sneakers? I mean, there's there's more stuff that we can talk about as far as what's influential. I mean, I would say definitely. I don't know. We we haven't really talked about it in depth, but I would say you had already touched on it yourself. One of your personal favorites was an Air Max, whether it's the Air Max 90, or, but I would say probably the Air Max 1 is a little bit more influential. Is the Air Max 1 influential as a sneaker, or is it influential because it introduced visible air? In terms of technology? Yeah. Yeah, I would say the latter. I mean, that, that was the whole thing with Air, air Max, right? Yeah. It's like, look at the damn bubble you're fucking standing on air yeah well but i mean that would i would say that then led to you know the rest of the air max line the air max one the air max 90 and 95 98 and then i would say going even further that was basically the thought process behind why they made ultra boost which i would also say is another very influential silhouette even though it's very recent it's basically saying, like, you want to have that same soul. Like, an Air Force, while a great shoe, has the chunkiest soul possible. Well, that's because there's air in it, but yes, right. it's, it is But then they're so saying, chunky. how do you maintain, like, a, a same, like, bottom to a shoe, but make that shoe way lighter? Which is when they ended up playing around with Flyknit technology. I'm so done with Flyknit, by Everyone's the way. Everyone's done with Flyknit. And then Fuck they started Flyknit. doing, you know, they started doing Ultra Boost technology, or, you know, or at this point, like, the, what is it, the 4D craft from Adidas? Yes. So, you know, it, I, I think it's important because it... It pushed technology in shoes, I think, is always really interesting. And pushing that to be like, how do you perform better as an athlete? Or how do you make it a better, unique walking experience for people? Or like, there are certain shoes that you pick up, like the Air Max Ultra Essentials. You pick them up, you're like, oh, oh dude, wow. I love like, those. Why I know you do too. so light? It's incredibly light. I wish Ultra Essentials were like a, a normal thing that Nike made, which is like, if you're not familiar with it, it's, it's the, it's, you know, take an Air Max 90. Make it look exactly the same, but then carve out the bottom so they weigh half as much. Right. It's, it's light, <laughs> but it's just as comfortable. But that's and you're less likely to pop the bubble. Right. But that's what I'm saying. You needed the Air Max 1 to get to that point, which is why I think that the Air Max 1 is essential in terms of pushing sneakers ahead as a t- a technology. So the Air Max 1 is influential to sneaker technology because it introduced the world to visible air and it really said like this is what you can do. You can you can f- walk on air. That was right. Nike's whole deal, right? Yeah, and also I mean and not, you know, beyond technology, Air Max 1s ha- have a really strong catalog of collaborations with really st- like a lot of different you know, designers and stores like Atmos Air Max Ones, Pata Air Max Ones, Huffquakes. Like, there's a lot of icon- crazy iconic shoes that are, you know, they're in the four figure range that are just wow, they mean a lot to OG sneakerheads or just. I think that's a little bit of a sticking point, though. I think they mean a lot to OG sneakerheads and not so much to the current crop, which is, uh, I think, evidenced by the Bacon Retro, which is, first of all, crazy that Nike retroed yeah. a collab yeah. from a defunct sneaker store. I mean, it wasn't even a sneaker meat store. Themed, well, it wasn't even a sneaker store. It was with, store. what's named, uh, the, uh, the artist, David Ortiz. But it was a store. It didn't even have a store. And there no. was like meat hooks and ga- shit there. That was just a... Well, the reason why, I mean, I this is like... It was a long time. Was it 2005? Something like that. Yeah. It was a lo- I mean, it was... I mean, it was for what? The 25th anniversary? No, 20th anniversary? I don't remember what it was I for. I don't remember. But anyway, so like, I mean, it was the f- it was iconic not only because it was, an, you know, a concept shoe. It was one of the very first concept stores. 
it wasn't his store, but it was, he's like, I, if I want to sell the shoe, cause I want to do it as an art collaboration with Nike, mm-hmm. it'll be done as a butcher, like a faux butcher shop. Right. Right. That makes sense. You know, where you have the t-shirts like packaged up in, uh, in saran wrap inside of the window case. You've got, like you said, meat hooks with like the shirts on them and clothes, and clothes, you know, That's clothing. The only thing I remember from that store, which I is don't like, really remember that anything else. was, if you think that wasn't, that wasn't really done before that. And I think, I mean, if you're talking about specific shoes, I think that shoe itself is really iconic for the fact that it influenced companies like Concepts, you know, a, sh- a store purely yes. about making concept shoes and saying that, you know, just, I thought, you know, that type of shoe really pushed the idea that shoes don't just have to look cool. They can also tell a really cool narrative behind them. That can be the, the, the strong point of your design. Before it was just like, make it a, a loud color, right? Just like a Jordan one was just, okay, it's going to be red, black, Colorways. red and black. It's just a colorway. Yeah, it's it. not, you know, it's not really a, a thematic design. I think that kind of kicked the door wide open for it. And you start, started seeing a lot of thematically designed shoes. Like, I mean, look at now we have the chunky donkeys. I mean, there were, I think there are other, yeah, th- chunky donkeys are good. That's a good modern. I mean, that's part of the SB revival though. So with <sighs> Travis. Yeah. Yeah. But I think there are other sneakers that did the collab thing either around the same time or before. I mean, do you not think any of the like early SBs were like themed? Like are not in the same way. Not not New York themed. Mm-hmm. They're you know, colored. There's they a were themed in the same, but not like not. What's the right way of saying? It was thematic in the sense that it, Jeff Staple wanted to make his icon like thematic like you want his his design is he wants like i want you to recognize the staple pigeon anywhere because the pigeon is the mascot of new york city yeah right and then he just so happens and then folded that into the, the city pack with the london's the the paris and the, you know obviously the staple pigeon dunk okay so not really thematic so much of it is is i mean try, I, I, would say, I would say i would say that it's it's close right it's within that same ballpark but like you know I, i'm thinking of stuff like what about like the, Tiffany, the Tiffany's, right? The Heine- well, the Heineken is just flat out ripping off a logo, but yes, no, it's not. There's no, there's no words. I was on thinking it. stuff like lobster SBs, right? With the the rubber band on top of the those shoe. Are cool. Those are like that's They're really super cool, cool shoe. Yeah. Again, concepts. Okay, okay. <laughs> but so those are all like theme sneakers. I mean, I, I'll I'll definitely agree that the Bacon Air Maxes were, you know, great conceptual sneakers, but again, and I'm not sure that really translated. You know, to the current crop of sneakerheads, right? Because, no, like, because nobody really cared about Bacon's on the re-release. But part of that is also there's no store to go with it. Like, there's no experience. It's just a weird, meaty colorway. Yeah, on a like pair if, Air Maxes if, you, now. if someone didn't explain to you, like, oh, here's why they designed the shoe the way they did. Like, it was look supposed to look like the marbling of the bacon. It was supposed to look at the fat content, and it's supposed to look like this. And that's why it uses a different leather. And then. Like you said, if you don't have a concept store to go with that, a lot of that narrative is kind of gone. And it's also the fact that it's a re-release. So, you know, the only people who really care about it are the people who missed out on the first time, i.e. people who are 30-plus years old. I'm raising my hand here. I missed out on the first time. Man. I mean, I'm glad to have a pair now. Yeah, absolutely. It's one of those things that, like, I wear them now. I'm like, oh, these are great. I wish I had these 15, oh, my God, 16, 17 years ago? Oh, yeah. my God. Oh, God. <laughs> Yeah, Let's I mean, not talk about that. But yeah, I mean, like also Air Max ones or like even Air Max nineties, you'll have certain. I mean, they're grails for a lot of people. You'll see like the Warhawk nineties, the the, the the lunar landings. Man, um, I think the. Do you remember we went to um, 
uh, Air Max Day in 2016. Yeah. The New York City one. And, like, we went through their, their Air Max archive. It's just like. Dude, they're all so dope. I wish I had that picture in front of me right now. But, yeah, like, all these shoes that, like, you've never seen, like, in real. Uh, Warhawks is a great example. It's like, who the hell is wearing these? Answer nobody. But, like, they're so damn cool. Right. I mean, I think, like, they they were one of the first platforms that allowed you to see designs outside of just colorway block, like color blocking. I think that's because would, Air Max 90s have so many panels. You can do so much. There's so many options for how to like configure a 90. Right. That's what I'm saying. So like Air Max 1s, Air Max 90s both have that same ability. I would say Air Max 90s have more panels to work with. Air Max 1s have more real estate to get like larger canvases, which is where you get stuff like the Animal Pack, the Atmos Air Max 1s. Oh, I, love those. Um, yeah, I don't like the Animal Pack, but the Atmos Air Max 1s. I mean, I don't. I wouldn't wear them, but I, I, I understand why they're important. I think it's an interesting design concept before, like... Oh, absolutely. Telling someone, like, you want me to put, like, faux fur and, like, leopard print on this thing? Are you crazy? Yes. I mean, <laughs> I mean that says a lot about Nike back in the day, too. To willing to go on a limb yeah, to Nike give it like, a try? Yeah. Of course you can put fur on this running sneaker. This will go <laughs> great. <laughs> now they're like, yeah, we're just going to give you the Nike ID creator. Go crazy. Right. <laughs> I mean, along the same veins of like allowing you to play with different materials and different patterns and different, you know, uh, I guess thematic shoes. And we kind of touched upon it a little bit already. It's just, you know, the SB, the SBs alone. Like I think a lot of people will immediately point to the pigeon dunk, right? The first shoe that was considered a collectible. I mean, that's, I mean, no matter who you ask, I think if you want to know where sneakerheads started right the first it's, term it's, it was it has to come from the that pigeon release. It was a, there was a police riot a for shit shoes. show is what it was yeah like my god cops had to literally escort people home because they were scared they wouldn't get shot or robbed somewhere <laughs> they were getting shot and yeah. robbed yes so big <laughs> so that was a big thing but like sb's were huge and i kind of wish sb's hadn't died up because this new resurgence of uh, like sb popularity is great but i feel like we missed so many cool things. We missed about like a decade's worth of continuous SB design. Yeah, seriously. Like SB is like trailed off into bullshit nothing at some yeah. point. They essentially trailed off like around what, 2010, 2011? I, I can't think of anything good from those years. So maybe before. Uh, I'm like, you got stuff like you got the like, like things like even like simple ones that are dope back in the day. You had like the vamps. You got like, like the Melvins. Fuck it. The. Uncle SBs. Oh, I fucking Jedi's. love them. Yeah, all these cool things. And then for a time, you were just like, we put it in a brown box that says SB on it. That'll be $110. Thank right. you very much. Yeah, at some point, it just went back into this like kitschy, you know, it's skate shop it shoes. It was just a puffy dunk. Right. And that was it. And it, like, it took a lot away from, it basically moved SBs out of, the realm of sneakerheads. It just went to be like a casual shoe for skateboarding, right. which is, yes, that's the original purpose. And, like, you know, I definitely appreciate people who buy hype-ass SBs and then skate them into the fucking ground because hell yeah. You know, I like seeing it. It's really cool seeing really beat heat like that. But I don't like it when Nike says, you know what, these are just for skateboarding. We're not going to give you anything cool because then you get really boring sneakers to look at if you right, want people skateboard. You're just getting plain colorways. Yeah, like which... nobody wants like a triple black SB or a triple white SB for that matter. Only works for Air Force Ones. Just saying. <laughs> white on whites. 
right. Speaking of white on whites, you know that recent release, the uh, white on white on white Jordan one lows. Yes. Fuck that. <laughs> they're just copying. They are. They're. They're not nice. They're. They're not nice in the same they're way. They're nice in the sense that they're inoffensive. It's just all a neutral I, white. I. Is that high praise? No, but it's like oh, okay. if you sold like a white T-shirt. It's okay. It's a white. It's a white T-shirt, plain white T-shirt. Whether it's from Balenciaga or Uniqlo or whoever, nothing wrong with it. But there's no. All right, I'm not I'm not mad at it, but I'm not like over the. Yeah, you know, but over a plain the moon white T-shirt from Uniqlo versus a pair of white Air Forces. Come on, both easily affordable. Come on. Yes, that's true. <laughs> but scooching back a bit, SBs. So I I definitely. I already said I hate what happened to it, but I'm liking this comeback thing. You know, I'm liking the new designs that are coming out a lot. And I like the fact that the SB is, again, an influential sneaker to a younger generation of sneakerheads. I like it, and I don't like it at the same time. I like it because you, you're you seeing Nike get to, like around to their playful side again. Like, okay, you're actually seeing more unique configurations of shoes as opposed to just... You know, let me just recolor block this and throw a logo on the back of it. Like you said, chunky donkeys. That's a right. conceptual. Like you get to sneaker. see all these, or, or like you know, even the strange loves. Or what about those turduncans? They're turduncans. Like, even though they're not reselling for that much on StockX or whatever, neat. like they're great, interesting conceptual shoes. Yeah. The the SPs that I don't like are a lot of the ones that are putting out recently, like the free ninety nines or the ones that are just kind of mimicking what the dunk colorways. Oh yeah, they're the just ones like, that are just, just like color blocks. They're just like cheapened versions of existing design theories. And then they're just obviously ch- like pushing them out because people know that they can't afford the real thing. Yeah. I mean, that's how I feel about like the mochas versus the brown Travis Scott ones. Right. It's like, okay, like, you, like is it a bad shoe? No, no, it's not. But you damn well know it's not you an kn- it's yeah. not an original idea. You know, you know you're getting placated. Yeah, you're just like, oh, I couldn't. If you could have afforded and gotten or gotten yeah, the, you know the original ones at, at the original price, you would not have settled for this other knockoff. And I mean that sucks, right. but that that's a you know what, a separate what, discussion in terms of yes. what, what Nike should be doing in terms of stock numbers and resellers and all that stuff. But that's you know for another discussion. Um, but yeah, I mean like I think SBs. You know, I love the fact that there is a renewed interest in it. That Nike has not just put the SBs out to pasture. That you're seeing it, but I do think that it's going to hit a point where they just oversaturate, and then the bubble will pop, and then someone's going to move on to the next cool thing to work on. I think it depends what they oversaturate. Like for example, if they oversaturate the things you're describing, like the random color blocked SBs, like oh look we put pastels on this one, oh look we put dark colors on this one, then yeah everyone's going to get sick of that. But I really like stuff like um like the Magnus Walker. The, like the, the Porsche design looking ones. Right. With or the like number. the FTC yeah. ones that just came FTC out. The FTC ones are cool. Like it's fucking the, pillowy looking. Another thing I like about that is I really like the fact that Nike's kind of, they seem to have gone back to the well. Like, let's go back to these small skate shops and give them collabs. Yes. I mean, I hate and love the skate shop release SB. Yeah. I mean, I hate it because it dude, makes it so, so hard, to, hard get. to get. But at the same time, I'm like, they don't get anything else. Let them have this nugget. And also, it's not like anyone's getting, you know, wins on Snickers either. Anyway. Right. It's like, so you know what? I'm I'm kind of okay with this. It's like, it it, it kind of takes it back to those days of like, if you really want them, you're going to figure out a way to get them. You're going to go after them and 
You'll, you'll figure out a way. And like, if you, you can find a damn skate shop somewhere. And honestly, right. if you're buying SBs, get to be friends with your like, Right, like SB support shop. your local skate shop. Yeah. Like, which a lot of those stores, when they're doing raffles, they're like, hey, it's only for in-store. It's only for... Local. Or, and if be you're, local. And if you're like a repeat customer, you get dibs on it or stuff like that. It's like, yeah, that's kind of how it should be with a skate shop. And like it... First of all, support local, right. no matter what the industry. But that means it definitely does extend to support your local sneaker shop. Mm-hmm. And if your local skate shop is selling sneakers you want, support them. Yeah, 100%. Like, you could buy all you want from the big name, you know, hypey stores like Bodega, Concepts, in Undefeated, but yeah. Indian, whatever. But, like, your, 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 your local... Your local three-man mom-and-pop shop. That's got <laughs> a bunch of, like, you know, screen... Like, home screen-printed T-shirts and, like, custom skate decks that are selling to the kids who are down at, the, like, the skate bowl. Like... Support that, dude, because you're gonna wind up getting something cool one day if you're, you know, if you right. really do like it. If you right. really, if you're really rocking with them and they get their collab, they're gonna reach out to you and be like, yeah, Yo, we're gonna, gonna, like, bro, you want we're this? We're gonna hold you down, like, which is like kind of how like original sneaker culture was based around. It was about building connections relationships. and like, relationships, not like who can bought the fastest or who can backdoor as many pairs as possible. I mean, technically, this backdoor shit is also you know about building relationships. It's just this the. Sneaker shop relationship building has gone way the wrong way. Yeah, but it like went from said, like, let me skate at this place and just you know hang out with this, these people and build a genuine relationship versus let me walk up to the store manager, float like five grand over, and ask how many pairs can I buy. The answer is too many. Yeah, but like you said, that's a that's a discussion for what Nike needs to work on. Let's say, <laughs> um, I think we're nearing the end. Okay, of. <laughs> we're basically running out of influential sneakers to talk about. Although I guess we technically we could talk about this forever. There are an, uh, an infinite number of influential sneakers because every sneaker really is influential in its own way. But I'm going to leave it with I'm sticking with Air Force Ones. I would still say Air Force Ones too just because they've stood the test of time and they've they've got that pedigree to them. They do. So, I any any sneaker that can stay in you know mainstream culture for as long as the Air Force for One de- has is, decades like, plural. Come on, <laughs> you got nothing else. There's, there's nothing even close, right? Right. All right, and with that, I think we're gonna wrap up the first episode of the Hyperstrike Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us, and we hope to see you next time. Right. See you, everyone.